This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 46 of Surah Zukhruf, page number 665 of the Noble Qur'an translation <coughs> and page number 491 of the Sahih International Translation. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Walaqad arsalna Musa biayatina ila fir'awna wa malaihi faqala inni رسول رب العالمين فلما جاءهم بآياتنا إذا هم منها يضحكون وما نريهم من آية إلا هي أكبر من أختها وأخذناهم بالعذاب لعلهم يرجعون وقالوا يا أيها الساحر ادع لنا ربك بما عهد عندك إننا لمهتدون فلما كشفنا عنهم العذاب إذا هم ينكثون ونادى فرعون في قومه قال يا قوم أليس لي ملك مصر وهذه الأنهار تجري من تحتي أفلا تبصرون أم أنا خير من هذا الذي هو مهين ولا يكاد يبين فلولا ألقي عليه أسورة من ذهب أو جاء معه الملائكة مقترنين فاستخف قومه فأطاعوه إنهم كانوا قوما فاسقين فلما آسفونا تقمنا منهم فأغرقناهم أجمعين فجعلناهم سلفا ومثلا للآخرين ولما ضرب ابن مريم مثلا إذا قومك منه يصدون وقالوا أآلهتنا خير أمه ما ضربوه لك إلا جدلا بل هم قوم خصمون إن هو إلا عبد أنعمنا عليه وجعلناه مثلا لبني إسرائيل ولو نشاء لجعلنا منكم ملائكة في الأرض يخلفون وإنه لعلم للساعة فلا تمترن بها واتبعون هذا صراط مستقيم 
ولا يصدنكم الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين ولما جاء عيسى بالبينات قال قد جئتكم بالحكمة ولأبين لكم بعض الذي تختلفون فيه فاتقوا الله وأطيعون إن الله هو ربي وربكم فاعبدوه هذا صراط مستقيم فاختلف الأحزاب من بينهم فويل للذين ظلموا من عذاب يوم أليم هل ينظرون إلا الساعة أن تأتيهم بغتة وهم لا يشعرون الأخلاء يومئذ بعضهم لبعض عدو إلا المتقين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم My dearest mothers and sisters, we start off by asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us goodness and to open our doors and to protect us from all evil, to protect the entire ummah and humanity at large. I got up this morning with the news of another missing plane in Far East Asia. And it's only correct for us to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect those who are on that flight and at the same time, it's only correct for us to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them safe return to their loved ones. Ameen. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to test us with tests that are too difficult for us to pass. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us goodness in this world as well as in the life after. The verses I read before you this morning, we actually did go through some of them last week, but I've repeated them in order to encapsulate the entire story and not leave parts of it out. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how when he sent Moses, may peace be upon him, to the Pharaoh, then him and his people began to laugh at Moses, may peace be upon him, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Now I need to pause for a moment to tell you why I say Moses, may peace be upon him, and also use the term Musa alayhi salam. We believe that obviously the Quranic names are the most accurate. They happen to be in the Arabic language. So obviously, ideally we would use Musa alayhi salam. The listenership is not only Muslim. It, makes, it is made up of Muslim as well as non-Muslim. So if we were speaking to a crowd of Muslims alone, we would not have to use other terms such as Jesus may peace be upon him, Moses may peace be upon him. But many of the non-Muslims think that we are talking of different people altogether. So in order to clarify this and to make it clear, it's important for us to use the English to alternate it with the Arabic uh, to make sure that people understand we are talking of one and the same person. So this is why, you know, people have asked me, why do you use the English term when there is no need for it? The reality is there is a need for the people to know that we are referring to the same person. So when you say Musa alayhi salam, perhaps those of other faiths who happen to be listening would not understand 
what exactly you're saying, they would think perhaps it's someone uh, who we are totally unfamiliar with, not realizing that it is actually Moses, may peace be upon him, that is mentioned in the Old Testament and that has come forth with the Torah and so on that we are speaking about. The same applies to the other messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is the prime reason why. And it's not wrong and it's not prohibited. Not at all. So we are not denying that the correct term is the Arabic name, but we are saying it is important for us to let the world understand who exactly we are talking about. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Musa alayhi salam or Moses may peace be upon him to the Pharaoh, uh, then what happened? He came with clear cut signs and as soon as the signs had come and the Pharaoh saw these clear signs, he began to laugh and scoff. And this is the way of the tyrants, the way of those who are arrogant. They choose to laugh and scoff at those whom they know are perhaps uh, presenting to them something that is accurate and correct that they really cannot do anything about besides surrendering to. And when they refuse to surrender, they begin to laugh. You know, the laugh of a tyrant, a person who is far from the Almighty. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never make us laugh and scoff at the truth when it comes to us. And I remember giving examples last week of how sometimes when we are upon the right path, people will laugh at us, people will scoff at us. Your dress code, your beard, perhaps your salah, maybe the way you read the Quran, the way you disagree to do certain things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May He bless us all. Amen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says quite clearly here, فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ بِآيَاتِنَا إِذَا هُمْ مِنْهَا يَضْحَكُونَ When Musa alayhi salam came with clear-cut signs, then they laughed at him, they scoffed at him. When he got to the Pharaoh, he says, I am a messenger from the Lord of the worlds. I have been sent by the Lord of the worlds to you, and I am a messenger from the Lord of the worlds. They began to laugh. They asked for a few signs, they saw the signs, and they laughed even more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we punish them as a result. Allah says, Every time we sent signs to them, we showed them something. Uh, the sign was bigger than the previous one. The sign was bigger than the previous one. Something came and a little while later, something even bigger came, but they did not turn. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then we punish them. We punish them severely. Look at what Allah says. We punish them severely in order that they may turn back. They may come back. They may realize. So sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, afflicts us with hardship, with difficulty, even with punishment in order for us to turn back to Him. Some people turn to Allah during days of goodness. That's ideal. Some people do not remember Allah when they're leading a life full of goodness and happiness and ease. Sometimes they need to have a gentle reminder from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's what makes them turn back. And some people lose hope in the mercy of Allah. You know, this morning, someone actually messaged me saying, well, there is a cruel Lord. How can the Lord allow an entire aircraft to go missing? And you know my normal response? Subhanallah. Well, even if you believe there was no Lord, how can nature have allowed an entire aircraft to go missing? You see? So no matter what you believe in, it's definitely going to have happened. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Obviously, we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what He is doing. And ultimately, we are not in this world to enjoy it forever and ever. There is a time limit. And that limit is the decision of Allah. That proves that Allah exists because He's the one who decides. So instead of looking at it as, oh, how cruel is the Lord? He allowed a little child to die. Well, even if the Lord was not in the equation, the child still died. So what killed the child, according to you? 
And they would not have a response because whatever they respond, they would still have to lay the blame somewhere. So Allah says, I'll do you a favor. You don't need to blame anyone and you just need to understand that that's what the plan of the Almighty is. You will not live forever. Someone, somewhere, somehow is definitely in charge and in control. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us not from amongst those who are too arrogant to admit the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala that the punishment, we seize them with torment, with torment in order that they might return from their bad ways and habits. Then Allah says, وَقَالُوا يَا أَيُّهَا السَّاحِرُ We spoke about this last week briefly. They said, who said? Fir'aun and his cronies. Do you know what they said? O magician, O sorcerer, invoke your Lord for us according to what he has covenanted with you, what he has promised you. Invoke your Lord for us according to what he has promised you. We will definitely be rightly guided if this torment is lifted from us. And we made mention of the contradiction of these people. On one hand, they were calling him a sorcerer and a magician. And on the other hand, immediately they're saying, call out to your Lord to remove this from us. So they didn't say remove your magic because they knew it was not magic. So the fact that they said it was magic and then they called out saying that call out to your Lord to remove this. They are acknowledging that he's not a magician. He's in fact a messenger. He is in fact someone who has a contact with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through revelation. So this is why they said call out to your Lord according to what he has promised you. Subhanallah, look at the contradiction. And this is why people, when they have nothing to say and they cannot admit that they are wrong, they begin to contradict themselves. Here is Fir'aun. He's saying this man is a magician. Don't accept it. And immediately he's saying, look, you know what? Instead of saying that, uh, you know, take away this magic or reverse the magic, which would have been more appropriate if the, he was really a magician. But because they knew deep down he's a messenger of Allah, so they began to say, call out to your Lord to remove this. And if everything is removed, then we will believe. And Allah says, you know, in another place in the Quran, Allah says, we removed one by one. You know, we, when Allah afflicted them, one thing happened. And then they asked Musa alayhi salam to remove the, to ask Allah to remove the punishment. When it was removed, they had promised they would believe, they did not believe. So another thing happened. And they asked Musa alayhi salam to ask his Lord to remove it. And then they would believe. When it was removed, they did not believe. And so Allah tested them with the third thing. And then they told Musa alayhi salam to ask his Lord to remove the third item as well. And they said, if it is removed, we will believe. So it was removed and they did not believe. And then they were afflicted with a fourth item and the same thing kept on happening. Until one day they were overtaken with such punishment that was irreversible. And you and I know that they were drowned completely as big as they thought they were. You know, every time I think of it, I think of how foolish the Pharaoh was. When Musa alayhi salam struck the water with his uh, stick, uh, there, were, there was a huge highway that went into the bedrock of that sea. And what happened is uh, Musa alayhi salam and them went in. And as they had gone in, the Pharaoh and his army came to the shores. And they saw that, wow, there is a huge highway that's going miraculously. And the water is being held up. So if, you're, if you go down, there would be water as though they are tall buildings on your sides but actually it would be it was water water going hundreds of meters up uh, and the pharaoh said i did this this is for me it happened because of me that's how he was arrogant 
Look at it. And he did not know that he's going straight into his punishment. He's going into his destruction and his end. And he used to say, I am the Lord. Look what I did. Let's go. Let's go in. A'udhu Billah. A'udhu Billah. So he went in. And when they got to the center or somewhere in the middle, uh, the water started coming in. And it's, it started actually returning to what it was. And he still had this hope in him to say, no, don't worry. We are safe. We are okay. And they were destroyed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. From this I learned something for myself. May Allah forgive me and forgive every one of us. You know, when we do something wrong, we return to Allah, we, then He has mercy on us. We do something wrong, we return to Allah, promise Him again, uh, and then He has mercy on us. We do something wrong, and then we return to Allah, and He has mercy on us again, and then, you know, everything is going well, and then we do something wrong again, and, and you know, we repeat the same thing again and again and again. That's weakness. Uh, inshallah, I'd like to hope that because we are believers and we do know that what we're doing is wrong, and we do ask Allah's forgiveness, that He will not punish us the way he punished the Pharaoh. But, subhanallah, we ask Allah not to do that. He is all capable and able. This is why let's not tamper and play with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do things that are wrong. We are human beings. Turn back, repent, ask Allah's forgiveness. Don't go back on that path. Don't go back on the path. And if shaitan happens to drift you a little quickly, swerve back to the right path. And inshallah, you'll have the mercy of Allah once again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Grant us goodness. Now listen to this man and listen to what he says. So Allah says, When we remove the torment from them, behold, they broke their covenant that they will believe if we remove the torment from them. And then Allah says, وَنَادَى فِرْعَوْنُ فِي قَوْمِهِ Fir'aun was such an arrogant man. He proclaimed and he called among his people saying, Oh my people, is not mine the dominion of Egypt? Don't I own all this? Isn't all this mine? And these rivers that are flowing underneath me, do you not see then that I am the one, I am the God, I am the supreme here, I am the deity? In another place in the Quran, it is reported or it is said in the Quran that Fir'aun has said that, Oh my people, I don't know of a God that you are, that is worthy of worship for you besides me. I am the one. And imagine, I can't picture how he must have been when he visited the loo. A'udhu billah. Imagine, talking to, talking to others and proclaiming he is the God. And I'm sure he's had stomach aches and, you know, runny bellies and so on. And he's busy claiming he's the God. A'udhu billah. And he's busy saying, Ma alimtu lakum min ilahin ghayri. I really don't know of a, a God worthy of worship for you guys besides me. A'udhu billah. You, the same guy who has a bellyache. The same guy who's a human being who needs to breathe. The same guy who is just like us in terms of form. And you, 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 you want to con us that you are a person whom, uh, who is the only deity worthy of worship? A'udhu billah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. My mothers and sisters, we learn something powerful from this. Many a times we become such that shaitan happens to sway people. And he succeeds upon different levels. Some people he manages to convince them that other humans control their goodness or sadness. So you have a person who maybe has a sheikh or maybe, for example, you know, knows of a saint. And perhaps these saints, some, some of them are really, you know, saints and good people. And they were really close to Allah. Their worship was uh, of a very high level. Uh, but... People come later on or sometimes during their lives and, and shaitan sways them to believe that this person owns your happiness, your sadness, your sustenance. So I have heard people saying, whatever sustenance you have, it's from your shaykh. 
You need to know this. If Allah forgives you, it's because of your shaykh. You need to know this. And, and if anything bad happens, it's because your shaykh is upset with you. You need to know this. Wallahi, that is the highest level of association of partnership with Allah. It's an unforgivable crime if you die in that condition. But if you seek Allah's forgiveness prior to that, then alhamdulillah, there is hope. <clears throat> Now when people hear this, they begin to say, Oh, this man's a deviant. How can he reduce the level of the shaykhs? And how can he reduce the level of the saints? The reality is, we are reducing the level of Allah. We are reducing the level of Allah by believing that someone besides Allah owns my happiness and sadness. A'udhu billah. We're not kids. We're not little babies that people can fool us. Allah is the one you call out to him. They say, if Allah wants to forgive you, he will first ask your shaykh. And if your shaykh says, okay, forgive the man, then you will be forgiven. Or forgive the woman, then you are forgiven. Wallahi, there are people in our midst who believe this. Wallahi azim There are people who believe this. Did you know that? And yet the Quran, like I said, if you've read the meanings of the Quran and you've understood them and you've got questions that you had in your mind pertaining to verses of the Quran that you may not have immediately understood, answered by someone who knows, nobody will be able to fool you regarding the worship of Allah. Because you will understand the whole reason why you are on earth if you read the Quran. You will understand that you need to worship Allah and Allah alone, alone, alone and alone. That's what it is. And everything is related to Allah. You commit a sin, you don't go and confess to a man who perhaps has hidden sins that are greater than yours. May Allah forgive us all. But this is what people are doing. And this is what Muslims, so-called Muslims, who call themselves those who surrender to Allah, they actually surrender to another human being. And this is something wrong. They surrender to a grave. They surrender to a tree. They surrender to a place. A'udhu Billah. May Allah forgive us. You know, Umar ibn Khattab anhu, was kissing the hajar. The hajar meaning the stone, the black stone on the Kaaba. And he says, Oh stone, I know that you cannot benefit or harm. You know, you don't benefit nor do you harm. But had I not seen the Prophet kiss you, I would not have kissed you. Subhanallah. That's Umar ibn Khattab. And that's the truth. People ask us, hey, why do you kiss that stone? Well, I kiss it because the messenger kissed it and he made it clear to us that this is just a stone. But Allah wants us to, to kiss it for whatever reason he wants us to kiss it. That's it. But it's definitely not for worship and it's not for belief that this stone has goodness or sadness or badness or whatever else in it. This is Islam. Islam is when you have submitted to Allah and Allah alone. That's what it is. We don't submit to other human beings when it comes to acts of worship and when it comes to the ownership of our, our happiness and sadness and that which only Allah gives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. So this was the Pharaoh. And he kept on telling his people, hey, you know what? Am ana khayrun min huwa he says, am I not better than this one here? Pointing at Moses. Am I not better than this one here who is despicable? and can barely express himself clearly. If you look at the Sahih International Translation, it says, Oh, am I not better than this one who is insignificant and hardly makes himself clear? So Musa alayhi salam is being called insignificant. By who? By the Pharaoh. And who is in reality insignificant? It is the Pharaoh himself. And remember one thing, in this world you will have people who will oppress and Allah will allow them to get away with that oppression for a period of time. But when Allah strikes, remember that strike will be such that that oppression will stop immediately. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally pounces upon them in a way that they had not even imagined. So that's what happened to the Pharaoh. There was a time when people laughed at Moses. May peace be upon him, Musa alayhi salam. But there came a time when the laugh 
was for he who laughed last. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us safety. In fact, Allah says that he will give the opportunity on the day of judgment to those who were laughed at in this world to laugh at those who laughed at them. Subhanallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the Pharaoh here and the fact that he had said, am I not better than Moses who's insignificant? He's nothing. Mahim, he's actually someone who is so insignificant that he is worth insulting. He's downtrodden. So there is no point in using bad, insulting language against someone, even when they are wrong. You know, if someone is wrong, you don't need to call them terrible, bad names. We have a bad habit sometimes, some of the men and perhaps some of the women as well, where, you know, we, something bad happens, someone does something bad to us, someone is wrong. We begin to swear them and belittle them to the degree that we're actually belittling ourselves. Because no one knew you could use such bad words. May Allah forgive me and all of us and yourselves as well and the ummah. May Allah guide us to use our tongues in a beautiful way. Do you know the tongue is a gift of Allah? Let's become more conscious of the words we use so that we can actually uh, work towards pleasing Allah by using only good words through the tongue that He's blessed us with. Amazing. It's a gift of Allah. Wallahi, I tell you, if you are able to only use that tongue, which is a gift of Allah, to say good words, kind words, pure words, words that are free from being derogatory and belittling of others, uh, inshallah, Allah will have mercy on you. May Allah have mercy on us. People work for us, we swear them F's and B's and all sorts of swear words. People actually do wrong things and we show them fingers. That finger is a gift of Allah. Why do you want to, you know, pull a finger as they say at someone? For what? What, was the, what did you gain from it? Was it temporary pleasure? You felt like, okay, wow, I was great, I was big, mashallah. I can flex my muscles. Oh, here they are, you know. That's not how you will achieve the happiness of Allah. Are you going to be asked in the akhirah that how many times did you pull a finger at someone who was bad at you? who was bad, you know, perhaps misbehaved towards you? No. Uh, what type of swear words did you know? Is that what you're going to be asked? No. In fact, that would, it would be asked, but not in order to be a point of merit, but in order to be held against you and I. May Allah forgive us. So yes, we are questionable, we are answerable for absolutely everything that we have done. But remember, if you've sought forgiveness and Allah's forgiven you, that question won't be asked. So ask Allah's forgiveness, Ya Allah, forgive us. We admit what we've done, we regret it, we ask you to forgive us, Ya Allah, and we won't do it again. Alhamdulillah. That's forgiven. That's wiped out. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us of the Pharaoh and his qualities. Look, he was swearing Moses. He was swearing Musa alayhi salam, the prophet, by saying, Look, oh my people, aren't I better than this? Literally, you know, the word used is maheen. Maheen is someone who's downtrodden, someone who is insignificant, uh, someone who's actually <coughs> so, you know, not worth looking at. They're on the lowest level, disgraced person. Why do, you need, why do you need to use those words? May Allah forgive us all. I think we all, myself included, need to become more conscious of this. Use beautiful words to refer to people, even if they're your enemies. Even if they're people who perhaps you don't see eye to eye. Use good language in order to refer to them. May Allah help us. It's something that's not easy. And it's something that sometimes shaitan comes to sway us regarding. But we hope and pray that we would be able to, uh, inshallah. We hope and pray that we would be able to take heed. Amen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here that then why have there not been placed upon him bracelets of gold or come with him the angels in conjunction? 
So the Pharaoh is trying to justify that if Moses was really a prophet and he was really someone so grand and great coming with revelation, why is it that I have more gold than him? And why is it that the angels have not come with him? Why is it that he doesn't have gold bang, you know, bangles and bracelets? Why doesn't he own much? Why doesn't he have wealth? And Allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala in another place in the Quran that when you have gold and you have so much and you have power and authority on earth, it does not necessarily mean that we are happy with you. Happiness with you is connected to whether or not you are striving to obey our commands. Whatever you have in the world is part of your test. And this is why Allah says, لَا يَغُرَّنَّكَ تَقَلُّبُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فِي الْبِلَادِ Don't let the lovely lavish lives of those who disbelieve, the lovely lavish, lavish lives of those who disbelieve, don't let that make you think that Allah is pleased with them. Don't let that deceive you. No, not at all. Allah says that is just something. It's provision for a fixed period of time. Subhanallah. Surah Al-Imran, the last few verses, where Allah speaks about this. And He says, don't let their lives and whatever they've got on earth and the fact that they are swaying with proper movement on earth, they might have authority and wealth. Don't let that deceive you that Allah is pleased with them. No way. Allah says that that's just provision for a short period of time. After that, you see what will happen to them. So this is why Fir'aun used the same excuse. Why isn't he wealthy? Today, my brothers or my sisters, my mothers and sisters, seeing that we're speaking to a group of mothers and sisters, do you know that a lot of people have been swayed by the devil? That's the, that's the term I'm using to this morning, if you notice. A lot of people have been swayed by the devil into giving respect to a person because of his wealth and because of his power and position, even if the person does something that is unacceptable. And this is where we as believers would have to draw a line to say, yes, Allah's blessed them, they need to be thankful, but that does not entitle them to do something unacceptable. It does not give them the right to do something bad, nor must it sway us to think that just because they have the wealth and the power, that what they are doing is right, come what may. No, what they are doing is wrong, it's wrong because it was stipulated by Allah that this is wrong behavior. And it does not mean that because they have everything in the world that they are you know, successful. No. Success in this world is not gauged by how much you have. It's gauged by your link with the Almighty and the amount of contentment that that brought about in your life. Subhanallah. This is Allah. This is the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Fir'aun used that as a cheap excuse against Moses, may peace be upon him, by saying, then why is it that they have not been placed on, on him bracelets of gold? Or why is it that there are no angels that have come with him? So Allah says, فَاسْتَخَفَّ So he, he bluffed his people. Some people were swayed. Fir'aun used his tongue. He used his, he used his convincing power. And like we said, people get swayed because of others who have power and authority and wealth. And so Allah says, he bluffed his people and they obeyed him. They actually followed him. The people of the Pharaoh followed him. There was a large group of people who followed him. 
And they denied what Musa alayhi salam had come with, although it was clear cut in front of them. And the same happens to a lot of us sometimes, where we are bluffed by the devil because we don't even know the message that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam has come with because we were never bothered to try and look into its meaning. Subhanallah. I think we've stressed this almost every week and every time we've spoken. May Allah help us to spend time and to make the effort to learn his words. Amen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says quite clearly, He bluffed his people and they obeyed him. Indeed, they were themselves a people defiantly disobedient of Allah. Look at that. Allah says, Innahum kanu, Allahu Akbar. They were people who were disobedient of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says, And when they angered us, we took retribution from them and drowned them all. Allahu Akbar. Anger of Allah. The anger of Allah. So Allah says, When they angered us, we took retribution from them and drowned them all. This is something we need to look into. When a person becomes so arrogant and they defy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, defiant, they don't even have the inkling of wanting to ask Allah's forgiveness. They don't even want to turn to Allah in any way. They are going further and further away, becoming more arrogant and leading others astray. Then Allah overtakes them with punishment because their chances are finished. Allah gives us chances in this world. So Allah gives us, for example... Uh, maybe 20,000 chances, maybe less, maybe more. Each one of us has so many opportunities. So these opportunities will come, and if we don't seize them, they will go. And perhaps Allah might give us another opportunity if it's written for us. And there will come a day when all the chances and opportunities are over. One of two things have to happen. We have to die because the chances are over. We have to return to Allah. Or we have to be punished and penalized. And that's a different way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's might being manifested. So this is something Allah has chosen. No one has a say in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, When they angered us, we took retribution from them and drowned them all. I need to make mention of something very important here. It does not mean that those who, are, who were drowned are being punished by Allah. In fact, my mothers and sisters, those who are drowned could also have achieved the rank of martyrdom in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When, when they've been obedient to Allah, there are people, for example, today who are lost in the aircraft, we make dua for them, we ask Allah to grant them goodness. Nobody can come up and say that was the punishment of Allah. There are people who are marooned somewhere off the shores of Greece right now as we talk, may Allah grant them uh, goodness or protection and may Allah bring them back to the shores. But the, 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 the massive boat is on fire. This was not just an hour ago that, that this happened. And I'm talking of off the shores of Europe. It's current news. Something that happened just now. 400 people marooned. Where? A, a huge ship on fire. Somewhere in Europe. That does not necessarily mean that Allah is punishing, penalizing. It's a test from Allah. Those who believe and have a sound heart. For them, if they were to lose their lives, may Allah not let that happen. But if they were to, I don't have a say in it, nor do you. And at the same time, perhaps Allah will grant them goodness and elevation. It was their way of departing this world. The same applies to people who've passed away in other disasters and in floods. The floods in Malaysia and Far East Asia and everywhere else. The floods in parts of Zimbabwe right now as we speak. Rains and so on, people who've been affected in a big way, those who may have lost their lives, it was a way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking their lives away. It's not up to us to say they were punished and penalized. That is small mindedness and lack of knowledge. 
That's what it is. We have to say that was Allah's decision. Whether or not Allah punished certain people, that's between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But those who had a sound heart, who had a link with Allah, He did not punish them. He would not punish them. Allah has told us that if you have a link with me, I will not punish you. Allah is looking for any excuse to forgive you and I. And this is why it's important for us to go out and seek the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't ever look at someone who's suffering a loss and say, that's the punishment of Allah. Wow, they deserved it. A'udhu billah. What small-mindedness is this? What type of attitude this is? What type of behavior? Are you Allah to know that this was punishment? No, you're not. How do you know upon what condition they died? How do you know the secret deeds between them and Allah? When the tsunami happened and when disasters have happened, people are quick to say this is a punishment of Allah. No way. What, who, are you Allah to know what it was? Not at all. So we who have read the Quran and understand it and, and understood it, and we who understand the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to a great degree, we would tell you that leave that to Allah to decide. You cannot issue a ruling to say these people were penalized and punished. It depends upon what condition they died. They were people who died while they were dressed very appropriately, mentioning the name of Allah. How dare you and I make mention of something that doesn't befit such people? Who are we? And sometimes you might have a person who might have died in a condition that might not be seemingly pleasant, but they might have had last words with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that may have been higher than the last words you and I might utter. May Allah not do that to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the best of words the day we are departing this world. Because it's definitely mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ that he who utters the most beautiful of words as he's leaving this world will definitely be seen to be achieving paradise, perhaps even without reckoning. So no matter what you've done in the past, man kana akhiru kalamihi min dunya la ilaha illallah dakhal al-jannah. You have the declaration of faith to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the last words before you were taken away, for you is paradise. May Allah help us to achieve that. Amen. So my mothers and sisters, this is why I paused for a moment to clarify it because people say the Pharaoh died with drowning and that was a punishment. That, how do we know it? Because Allah told that to us. So did Allah send the angel Gabriel to you to come and tell you that those guys who died, you know, with the floods or drowned and so on, they were punished by us? If that was the case, then we would have believed, but you're not a prophet and the archangel does not come to you. Jibreel doesn't come to you. Revelation does not come to you. You know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us. Why do we need to say these things? And sometimes, you know, what beats me is when people who are figures of knowledge happen to say this. And this is when it causes disaster across the globe where people say these people were punished, those were punished. Who are you to determine what exactly happened to them? The only thing that you need to do is to save yourself and others as best as possible from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you do not die in a condition where Allah is displeased with you and the same happens to me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us goodness. I think that was a very, very important point and especially right now, considering what's going on on the globe and the difficulty that our brothers and sisters are facing in Indonesia, in the Philippines and in Malaysia and various other countries, Thailand and so on, we should never ever open our mouths with bad words lest Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala test us with something similar or worse because of the evil statements that come out of our mouths. We should pray for them, we should make dua for them and the Muslims from amongst them as well as the non-Muslims from amongst them, we ask Allah to protect them, to grant them safety and guidance and we ask Allah subhanahu to bring them upon the straight path and to let us tread the straight path as well. This is 
the way of a Muslim. This is the way of Islam. My mothers and sisters, something loud and clear. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us. So these are some of the verses. In fact, let's take a look at verse number 56. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ سَلَفًا وَمَثَلًا لِلْآخِرِينَ لِلْآخِرِ Allah says, And we made them a precedent and an example for the later people. Allahu Akbar. We will stop there inshallah. Allah says, We made them an example for those who came thereafter. So the Pharaoh is an example for us. What he did, his entire life, how he operated, what happened to him, how he was punished. All that, Allah says, We made it as an example for those who were to come later. That includes you and me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us learn a lesson from it. Let's not be from him in his behavior, in his statements, in the way he treated the one who came to guide him, in the way uh, he, he, for example, was punished. May Allah protect us from that. And in every single way, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all, my mothers and sisters. Uh, like we said last week, mashallah, beautiful holiday. Uh, the weather's been quite good the last few days, mashallah. Make use of the weather, I would suggest. Early morning and in the evening, perhaps better than the evening is early morning at the time of Fajr. I don't know if you've actually breathed the air outside and seen how beautiful and clean it is in this part of the, 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 the world, mashallah. We're so fortunate, make use of it. Wallahi, there are others who live in sophisticated cities, but they don't have fresh air to breathe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to appreciate His gifts upon us. Sometimes just the breathing of that beautiful, fresh, half past four air, you know, five o'clock air in the morning, mashallah, is such that a lot of our sickness and disease might even be cured just by breathing the good oxygen. Wallahi, while it's there, make use of it. There are others who are crying, crying. They live in smog. A whole day, whole night, they are breathing carbon monoxide perhaps, or at least dioxide. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. I mean, a lot of what they breathe is made up of something that's not exactly pure oxygen. So we ask Allah to help us and to make it easy for us to appreciate and to make use of it. That was also a gentle reminder to get up for Salatul Fajr, mashallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us fight laziness. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastawfiruka wa natubu ilaha.